Hello and welcome to Aboriginal Way. I'm Kalia Alice and on the program we hear from Arabana woman Dr Veronica Arben. Uh, she is a language revival supporter and she talks to Lucy Kingston about the recent activity on her country to revive Arabana language. And we also hear from Eleanor McCall who is from the mobile language team at the Adelaide University and she has also been a part of um, the recent project to revive Arabana language. Before that, here's Archie Roach. Archie Roach, Heal the People, you're listening to Aboriginal Way. Lucy Kingston spoke with Arabana woman Dr Veronica Arben and Eleanor McCall about the recent cultural language camps that have been taking place on Arabana land uh, in a bid to get people to go back on country and for young people to learn from their elders um, about their language and culture. In 2012, Arabana received their native title. Um, Arabana is a large community and it's from the Katithunda region in South Australia. Katithunda is also known as Lake Eyre. And there is now a strong focus from community on language revival. And here is Dr Veronica now chatting about the recent camps. We were fortunate to some, win some grant money to go up to um, Katithunda. We focused those camps on the youth, the young people, and we used language, basically. We had um, a visit to, you know, an old mission with stories from the elders of growing up there. We um, had drives around the country where elders stopped and told us stories about the country and names of particular places. And we went out to Karitanda itself and visited um, the lake. All those places are important to us culturally, but also historically. Great. So it sounds like it was, um, it was a really important setting to work on language skills. Is that right? What is the link between being on country and developing the language skills? Oh, it's extremely important because that's where language um, occurs naturally. Um, the country is known through language. Family relationships and family um, are known through la- our language. So it becomes a much more um, grounded way of learning um, your language. Um, you hear your elders speaking it. Um, you can encourage the young ones to, to respond to them more easily. Um, it's, it's a really interesting way of learning Thank you. Now, Eleanor, you were involved in this project as well. Can you tell us about what, what were you doing with on these camps? Yeah, so I work with the mobile language team. Um, we're based uh, at the University of Adelaide. Um, so we've been working with the Arabana community for a few years now doing um, some of their language stuff, so sort of helping them to put those programs together um, over the past few years. So with the camps, um, we were there basically as facilitators, so um, just organising all the logistics. Um, we did sort of all the catering for a lot of people and um, helped them sort of put together a little language booklet for all the kids and teens and sort of brainstormed um, with those uh, Arabana people who were working as camp leaders for the camps um, so that they could um, develop skills in leading those programs. So, yeah. 
And can you tell me a little bit about work you've done before these camps with um, supporting Arabana people in Revive Their Language? Yeah, for sure. So we um, work um, with a group, um, sort of, I'd say like a language sort of focus group, I suppose, uh, mainly based in Port Augusta. Um, and so we've been meeting together um, uh, pretty regularly over these past sort of three or four years um, to develop, brainstorm, um, produce different language programs and language resources. Um, so some of those outcomes have been um, a series of online language learning lessons um, with recordings from speakers. Um, we've also done um, some development of uh, like book resources. So we've got a little um, book coming out soon um, that's being recorded, like a bilingual children's book. Um, and we've got heaps of uh, sort of in-person things. So those camps, so we had two camps actually this year. We had a um, uh, on-country sort of video making project last year. Um, which was really great. And we also did some um, sort of language learning sort of workshops for those those community learners. So here in Adelaide and Port Augusta doing sort of classes and that sort of thing. So a, a range of programs trying to hit all those different people who, who are in the community who want to sort of learn the language, document the language, revitalise Arabana language. Great. Now, Veronica, I understand you used, you used, you're the former director of the Bachelor Institute. Um, do you think uh, all these different ways that there are now of people acquainting themselves with Arabana language, you think that's valuable in people's learning about language? Um, I think it's critical because language is never isolated from what you do in life and that language is never isolated from wherever people are, are at in their learning. So the multiple-pronged strategy that we've, we've developed, um, been able to develop and work with through um, the mobile language team has allowed all of us, whether we're elders or speakers um, or those learning myself, who, like myself, who's you know, quite aged in the community, or my grandchildren or other grandchildren who are like three, four, five years old. Um, it's allowed each of those to, to come into that at various um, times to, to practice and to learn and to hear language. And for me, it was always critical um, that we were able to hear language ourselves, so hear the language spoken by elders, whether that was on camps or whether that was on um, the online um, lessons that we have. We've got a very good program that's been developed by a mobile language team where, the, where our kids, whether they're in Queensland or the Northern Territory or here in Adelaide, can go online and listen to one of their uncles or grandfathers or aunties saying words or saying sentences in our language. Um, the same applied to the booklets that we've made. We've got one coming out through soon through the mobile language team and we've had one come out through the Indigenous um, Literacy Foundation, Foundation um, supported the funding of that and we were able to record that in the language as well because it's a bilingual lingual booklet, um, storybook, and you could actually, you know, flip the pages and listen to the grandfather telling the story in language at the same time. So that multi-pronged um, approach, I think, is critical to to how language should be. It's It shouldn't be separate from and, you know, boxed into one, one way of doing it. Mm. And and then having those workshops on country just added that extra layer because, like I said, um, you know, it affirms identity, it affirms the language you're learning. You learn new words where country is named or plants are named or animals are named 
through that language. And and it must also hold a lot of cultural knowledge in it as well about practices and history of Arabana people within that language. Extremely, extremely important. And this, um, with the first workshop, I, I, I noticed a lot of our younger teenagers were a little bit unsettled. But this last workshop, you could see the notable difference where they become much more understanding of what their role should be in country, who they, they're related to within that broad group of 80-something people that we had up there the last time we were up there, um, and what their responsibilities are in re- actually taking care of that country, um, you know, now and into the future. So, so yeah, it's extremely critical. Mm. And um, some of the things you said there and also looking at what happened on the camp, it's also uh, it's a bit of an intergenerational transfer. The, the elders are really teaching the younger people. Do you want to talk about the role of the elders and the elders who have been involved in this teaching process? Oh, I think they're, they're our heroes. Um, they're, they're the visionaries who've um, worked um, with us for the last three, four, five years with the mobile language team in in recording language and sorting through what was pre-recorded um, by Louise Herkus and others, um, working through how we, because now we've had a large, very large group, and they're quite proactive in how we want to or they want to spell our language and how um, it should be said and so on. Um, we've, we've developed a very, um, in, I think, critical um, way of working as well. So every four to six weeks we have a meeting with that that group of people and anybody else who wants to come in up in Port Augusta. So we go back and revisit and revisit um, words and sentences and language structure um, through time. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's quite a process. Um, yeah. And Eleanor, um, as a linguist, what's your reflection on the journey, I guess, that the Arabana language has taken? It's, it's been a process of revival or rediscovery? How would you see it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been an incredible process. Um, I think a lot of people, um, y- yeah, I think rediscovery is a really nice way to put mm. it because um, I think what we found with all of these programs is it's been really building momentum. So when we started, it was just, you know, a, a sort of small group of interested people I suppose like Veronica kind of initially um, sort of approached the mobile language team on behalf of a a few members of the community some speakers there saying like look we want to do something with our language I think that was back in 2014 Um, and then ever since then it's just been like a gradual build build on to the programs Mm -hmm. that we already had so you know so what what do we want you know we want to do these online lessons okay we'll do those and we'll see how that goes and oh now we want to run these um, language clubs or we want to do some learners workshops and oh, we're going to do these videos. I'm going to start going back to country and now we've got these camps. So it's been this a really amazing journey where now we've got so many people involved and really enthusiastic and really rediscovering the language that maybe they haven't thought about for a long time, especially coming back to country, like with those camps, having just so much community support and enthusiasm was really amazing. And a lot of people sort of saying they're remembering stuff just because they're back there, you know, and a lot of people, you know, in, in that sort of, you know, parents' generation, I suppose, they um, often, you know, had a lot of, you know, grew up around that area, maybe in Mari, and so they did have those experiences, but now maybe moving into, you know, Augusta or Adelaide or whatever haven't you know had a chance to reconnect with it or to pass it on to those younger kids those teenagers and those children so yeah it's been really really interesting even just that 
journey over the two camps has been great because you did see those teens, um, you started to hear a bit of language coming out, you know, so that was really great. Even just a few words they'd been hearing and felt they were obviously a lot more comfortable there and a lot more sort of everyone knew what what we were there to do and everyone was very um, excited about it and just that energy is really great. So that's what we want to just keep building on that energy and sort of trying new things and, you know, doing some programs that people are sort of asking for now. So it's been really fantastic. Yeah, I mean, a thing that struck me reading about the camps is they look like a lot of fun as well. Like people were cooking rue tails and just going out in country and sitting around the fire. Was it fun to be there? Oh, absolutely. Um, it was freezing at uh, um, this last, the first night on this last trip. Um, very, very cold. I had a daughter and her children fly down from Queensland, so they they nearly shock. froze the first yeah. night. Um, but. That's our country, and and the stars were just magnificent. You know, once the clouds cleared at night, um, just sitting around the fire listening to elders tell story or um, sing the country, um, seeing the kids trying to play um, Uno, was it? Using Arabana language for the colours and the numbers um, was fascinating, you know, trying to encourage them to use our language when they played the game. That was really, really fascinating. Mm. just the dead silence when one of the elders spoke and the children just sat in awe listening to, to the, you know, the elder speak about his um, life there or um, about one of the stories that he was um, talking about. Um, hearing them tune into the language, you know, somebody would say something in language and you'd see them, their eyes light up because for the, for the first time they actually understood part of what was being said. Um, so, so all of those things, I think, were just, you know, very re- rewarding for myself and for Eleanor and for the elders who have been involved, as I said, as warriors um, and and heroes, um, putting down our language so that our, our young people can hear it. And we're lucky that we've got a number of very good speakers still with us. Terrific! It's great mm. to see that transfer. And what what do you have planned next? I mean, you've done a lot already. What what's next on the on the um, list for Arabana language. Well, hopefully some of us will go on our, under our own steam back to um, country in the October holidays. I think some of us are September, October holidays are trying to plan to get up there for a week or a few days at least um, in the holidays. Um, we're hoping um, in the future that we can attract some more grant money because... Um, it does need, you know, even if it's just um, some meal support, as we had this time, plus fuel support, that's all we had. And people bought their own swags and and camping equipment, etc., um, and in their own vehicles. So, so we do hope to attract more funding um, from the government and other funding bodies. Um, Eleanor, I think we're hoping next year to have a little bit of money to maybe do some focused recording with some of our older elders um, because it's important to get as much language as possible um, recorded and Mm. and documented. Mm. And and we have um, a very old gentleman who's one of the... who grew up with... who's my grandmother, his grandmother, who's my great-great-great-grandmother... Um, our, our older speaker, so he knows the old language. So, you know, we want to um, record as much as possible. So so I think there's three things. One, going to our country under our own steam. Two, seeking money 
um, for more trips and camps on country and running language workshops here and in Port Augusta. And three, um, that specific recording with our with our speakers. Terrific. Very mm. ambitious. Yeah. I'm just interested. Obviously, uh, it seems like the language revival has quite rightly been for the Arabana community itself to gain its language. Do, do you think of a time looking forward that this will give you more opportunity, I guess, to reach out to the general population to share your culture and your country a bit more? Um, well, I think um, that depends on our um, the Arabana Aboriginal Committee or board on what will happen um but in saying that um there have been um elders on our country and people on our country who have um run tours on our country for example um reg dodd who runs arabana center in mari he runs tours for particular groups up on country um i'm sure as we move forward and and um gather strengths as a Arabana society regather our strengths as an Arabana people. Um, there will be other opportunities where we can, you know, enter those sort of sharing exercises in tourism or whatever. Um, but it depends, you know, on how we can work that into the future, I think, and how the committee progresses that through time. Um, we now know there's a bitumen no- road to to Mari, which makes it easier to get up there, which is a good thing in one sense, but another is a bad thing because it'll bring more and more because already I think there's close to 100,000 people go up the Udnada track, Udnada track every year. So, you know, it's, it's, it's up to where we go, I guess, and how our plans come to fruition in the future. Dr Veronica Arvin speaking with Lucy Kingston about the language camps taking place on Arabana country in a way to connect people to their country and language. And with Dr Veronica, we also heard from Eleanor McCall, who has worked with the Arabana community through the mobile language team at the University of Adelaide. And that is all for the show. I'm Kalia Alice and you've been listening to Aboriginal Way. Bye for now.